It's funny, you know, I, I thought immortals couldn't have children. But it seems that while I'm the master of illusion, you are turning out to be the master of deception, Highlander. How did you do it? How did you convince all those lovely women of yours that they were the ones that couldn't bear children? When all the while it was you and your little immortal Pekka that really didn't do the pecking. Oh, I know. You must have been very disappointed. All those nice years thinking you were the only one left. But you see, the prize was never yours. And now, it never will be. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. And welcome back to episode five of our ex- surprisingly <laughs> extensive Highlander 3, The Sorcerer, The Last Final dimension. dimension. Final Dimension. The Last Dimension. The Last Dimension, dimension whatever. There are no more dimensions. <laughs> Will this be the final episode we spend talking about this movie? <laughs> Not Uncle- I, I, unclear? I don't think so. I hope so, but I don't think so. I don't so. think so. <laughs> no, this is going to be it. No, it isn't. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I assure you it will not be. And I will, a lot I will to say. make sure it's not. I'll fucking filibuster this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the podcast, head on back to the beginning of our Highlander 3 f- coverage in your feed. Uh, and if you're interested in what we do, we cover all things Highlander. Uh, we mostly talk about the series because there's a lot of that. But you can also check out our coverage of Highlander 1 and 2, along with some of the other stuff, like the comic books, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and our Chronicle episodes, which interview people behind the scenes of Highlander, the TV show, and the movies. I guess I'll take the helm this time and recap what's happened so far in about 60 seconds. Let's go. And clock starts now. Uh, Mountain in Japan in the past. Uh, Matt goes there. He learns about wizardry and things like that. It's like Power it's illusion. sort of like an Asian Hogwarts situation. Uh, that is not true. It might be. Uh, then Kane busts up in the house. Busts up in the house. He kills Mac's wizard, wizarding friend. Mac is able to escape. Batman Begins style out of cave hole. Uh, then in the present, excavators are digging around. They end up releasing the villain of the movie who was buried in the cave. Then they all go to New York because they know that's where to go. Mac abandons his son because he's adopted, so he doesn't really feel that much of an count. attachment for him. He leaves him with his friend Jack, who's also John, who doesn't give a shit about him. Uh, so then in New York, Mac's in a hospital because they think he's crazy. He busts out of there with the help of Looney Napoleon and uh, in flashback has sex with this girl Sarah in hay. Yeah, that's kind of it, right? Oh, and he fights. Uh, his sword gets broken. That's important, right? Yeah. His yeah, sword, a lot, his okay. sword explodes in a Japanese spiritual <laughs> center in Queens. Populated only by white people in yeah. Queens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's about where we are. And uh, yeah. Yeah. The story is unfolding as it were. As it were. As it were. Okay, it were. so let's hop into this episode. So McFly. what we've last seen of Mac... His sword has exploded. We've learned Brenda is dead as a doornail. I've often thought a coffin nail is the most dead piece of metal, but that's Dickens. Get literary. Move on. Get lit. 
Get that's lit. definitely on like a library wall that's like trying to be cool, Ooh, like a yeah. poster that's like get lit. <laughs> it's like some kid in a white jacket leaning up against a, a wall. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so to kick this off, we uh, see a weird random flashback to the first movie in Scotland. There's a, there's gonna be a lot of cutting back and forth. Like maybe we should just talk about let's talk about what Alex is doing in her lab late one night. I was so Alex is in the museum and she's one night. She's and my eyes behold a heavy sight. A steel ingot from a Japanese cave. I give it to Mac, his sword to save. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. He did the Mac? He did the, the Monster, Monster Mac. Mac. The Monster Mac? He, it was a... Uh... Glasgow smash. <laughs> All right. That was one of my weird retired drives. This is not bad, though. <laughs> So she's just staring at her computer screen and playing with this piece of metal. <laughs> the well, steel she's like, ingot paperweight. She's like looking, like she has a CD or something that tells her how to make swords. The art of Japanese And it's like sword really making. shitty picture, like pixelated yeah. pictures of swords. Like She needs that Mythos Watcher database. <laughs> That's right. Europe, 1995. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mac is digging around. Mac is back in Scotland. He's right. Like Mac, digging. rumpled in the highlands. That's right. He's rumpling. Well, he's around. looking good here. He's got his leather jacket on. He's got a sweet Scottish turtleneck thing. Yes, yeah, sweet Scottish turtleneck. Sweet he looks turtle. like a fucking person in this. He doesn't, he doesn't look, look like a person. He isn't looking like Inspector Gadget. Yeah, that's true. That's fine. Okay, you've sold me. Go, go, Gadget skis. Okay, so Mac goes to his old like forge. I guess he says call he, this. he needs strength. So he returns to where it all began. I think he says in more voiceover. And so he digs around the fucking moss, yeah. and he unearths his anvil and a bag, a leather bag that is full of like his hammers, forging and, equipment. Right, and, and when he, he gets gra- it, it's like <laughs> yes, he holds them in the air and goes, "Yay! It's hammer time! It's hammer time! Stop! Hammer, hammer time!" time. Mac is going to attempt to reforge his broken sword. Can you make a samurai sword using? Scottish sword forging tools. I think a lot of the the, the stuff is the same. I mean, yeah, a I, lot don't, of I, it. Don't know. I don't know. You got your hammer, you got your your anvil, maybe a stone or something to grind it on. I don't know what else you need. I I don't know. I don't know if about enough you about need a real hot forge. Sure, yeah. And you need good materials, mm-hmm. I guess. Which is maybe what Mac is lacking? Question mark. Well, this he's, certainly posits he's that he's not he's not doing too good. <laughs> So, well, back in Alex's office, she's got, yeah, this, like, the the paperweight thing, and she drops it on the ground. That's, like, the weird first clue, I guess. Then it, like, shatters a tile, and it's like, oh, it's really strong because it's a giant chunk of metal. metal? Like, of course it cracked the tile. I I don't know if that's what that's supposed to show. I I I think think it it is. I I think it is. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, of course. Right. Again, she's just, like, fiddling around on her desk, and she has another sword on her desk. I don't know. And she, like, taps the metal against it maybe by accident at first and i guess they resonate the same pitch i think that's what you're supposed to imply and it's like oh this sword and this metal are related is this special metal because it sounds like any other sword or is that sword on her desk a very special sword from the cave my theory is yes right because of the dialogue in the very first movie about how special right the chip from the sword is Right. Which is not this sort, though, made by a different person. Right. right. That's the part I'm losing. <laughs> like, the whole time in my head, Mako had made this sword. Correct. But I'll it's assume not. that this sword on her desk is from the cave. Maybe it's a Mako OG. So then when she no, taps no, no, it, she no, realizes no, no, no. that the metal is the same. Right? 
Yeah. Okay. So then Mac is busy forging shit, and he's getting like frustrated. I love all of this. Like, yeah, no, this, this is, great. is the best part of the movie. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. The return home, reforging a weapon, getting this is the artifact hero of shit. your of your mentor to complete the task. This should be in a reboot. If they when they remake Highlander, a scene like this can absolutely go in a reboot. I'm fine with this all the way. Yeah, all this is great. the way, all the way. Just like they're about Anything to like go. the hero's <laughs> weapon. Yeah. Well, so then, like it's a fucking sitcom, she's like, hey, it's me. Yeah, well, how does she get there? Why does she get there? And he's like, oh, I thought you'd find me here. Well, he's it's like, you did. It's like, what? Also, he, this isn't the McLeod Castle. This is not the McLeod Castle. What is it? This is his forge. It's, Which is the McLeod Castle. No, at, at no, the no. McLeod Castle. No. The McLeod Castle is something different. That's where he... Remember when, in the beginning of Highlander 1, he like... Remember they're they're crossing the bridge and everything. That's the McLeod Castle. But what's the castle he lives in? That's his. That's his forge. But that's also a castle. So they have a family reunion at that piece of shit. No, they (laughs) don't. No, no. That's like because again he was exiled. That's not the McLeod Castle. That's where he found and made his home. That's his new castle. Yeah, exactly. House. I mean, it's that McLeod's little castle. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no. It's it's not. It's not the McLeod Castle. That's not like home base. It's this, this is not where the family reunions are. This is McLeod's castle. Right. This is where he definitely, you know, lived his life with Heather and all this sort of stuff. But, like, right. I don't know how she tracked down, considering McLeod was exiled. Who knows if people even knew he lived there? I don't know. She somehow finds him there as, like, a no-duh situation. Like, oh, of course I'd be here. Yeah, why you showed up? Yeah. I, I, I was more just, like, he's just sitting there dejectedly, like... Mm-hmm. He just looks sad, and he's sitting there. I'm well, like, how long has he been sitting sword. there? Oh, so was the last time he had to forge anything? Yeah, it's probably she, pretty rusty. Yeah. Maybe the problem isn't the materials, Mac. Maybe it's you. Probably. <laughs> probably. But then she shows up with this little square thingy, and she's like, "You better not fuck this one up because it's special." Yeah. yeah. What if you fuck this one up too? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, at all that practice. That's right. Yeah. And these are just could, test ones. She could give him tips with her Japanese sword making website knowledge. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she's not even like a metallurgical person like Brenda was. Like, she's not a sword expert. She had to Google that shit. Like a chump. She should have read Brenda's book. Oh. No, really. That would have been great. She should have had that on her desk. It would have been a you, great. Highlander 3. Yeah, right? It would have been a great callback. Just have it on the desk. Prop department. Yeah. Come on. Right there, baby. Baby. Yeah. Max starts forging the real deal with Alex very intently watching. watching very him. intently watching. So very in, intently. So in the midst of all of this sort of montage, which is pretty cool, cool sunset shots and all this stuff, we cut back to New York at Max Loft. In comes Kane. In comes Kane fucking with that Fabergé egg. <laughs> yeah. So he opens the, the Fabergé egg and he takes out the little diamond thing inside. And then he like drops the encasement. The egg. The egg. The egg part. <laughs> and on the, shatters the pieces. Yeah. And then he also steals a handful of cigars. He steals, like, all of those cigars. (laughs) Which, are they fucking stale and rotten? Because they've been there for eight years? Or is Mac a a cigar smoker? Sure. How long has Mac been at his new place? A week. And he bought a bunch of cigars. And he bought a bunch of cigars. (laughs) Which, again, implies that, like, this is not a hobby. Like, Mac bought a shit ton of cigars to smoke that week. Because he loves smoking cigars. Right. He's got money. So I don't think that makes sense. So I think Kane is smoking like (laughs) really stale, dry ass cigars. cigars. But he doesn't know any better. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know. He's like, oh, this is what it is. Because he smokes them later. Because he's like, I've never been to the new world and discovered tobacco. Right. (laughs) So, other question How does Kane find this place? 
Mac uh, isn't there, so there's no pull to Mac. This doesn't bother me just because it's clear a lot of time has passed. Like, Kane's probably been uh, Has a lot of time passed. Other question. Well, I mean, long enough for him to be in Glasgow and get to the McLeod Forge and try and fail multiple times to make a sword. Are we thinking a week? Right. Easy. Sure. Yeah. I'll say a week. I'm okay with, I, I, I'm okay I'm with a week. Easy a week. Kane's been looking for him, say, for the entire time, and he gets a lead and goes there. Maybe. But Kane does not know his aliases. Connor McLeod does not own this property. Connor McLeod's name is not associated with this yes, property. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Because Nash bought it from Connor. No. In, in this, he did. In this, he did. Not true in the other one. Yeah, but in this one. <laughs> yeah. In this one, in this the field. line of succession is different. Yes. Right? right? That's what we're going with. Okay, fine. Uh, yep. Under the rules of this movie, there the are rules red of clubs. Highlander 3. That's very true. Also, Kane's the sorcerer. He could have sorcerered himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he can teleport from <laughs> to, Japan to, to New York, <laughs> so he can... So, uh, the irresistible pull to a faraway place, I guess that's only so strong. You can leave Like, it. you can just be like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I've had my fill of this. Yeah. There's a sword-breaking exception. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I guess you can go now. Take a break. Half time. It's half time. It's literally yeah. half time for this. Yeah. Mac's son calls him because Mac apparently hasn't called <laughs> He's his like, son you at called, all. Dad. What a dickhead. Yeah, what a dickhead indeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go have a life and death fight and not worry about my son. Yeah. So the son's like, you said you were going to call me. You never did in case you forgot my phone number or whatever. Here it is. Also, it's it's a great line because it's like directed to the audience. In case you forgot me, like my number is Marrakesh. It's like, remember, you have a son in Marrakesh. In audience, like who yeah. definitely forgot, forgot about me yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's just the most convenient Messy. bit of writing next ever. to the autographed yes picture of him. God damn it, Kane! Oh, and then like, Ooh, daddy, <laughs> yeah, daddy. <laughs> daddy, daddy, <laughs> daddy. This one's for daddy. All right, so we cut back to Scotland, and this is, I guess, when I guess Alex shows up. So now we end up getting kind of a new montage of Mac making this brand new sword mm -hmm. and training, and this is all set to the song Bonnie Portmore, and this is sung by Laura Creamer. Yep. Or no, actually, no, I'm sorry. This is set by sung by L uh, Lorena McKennett, and then when they use the show, the song later in the TV show, they have it re-recorded by Laura Creamer. So this is a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song, yeah. But it's set to, like, a Rocky three style montage that involves, like, Mac running on the beach. No, this isn't a Rocky three montage. This is a Highlander 1 montage. montage. Yeah, I mean, to say it's a Rocky three thing. No, this is just the Highlander 1, one montage, montage, which I like. I think it's cool that they do this again. I sure. forgot that they ran on the beach yeah. with Ramirez. Hell it's yeah, just, they did. Yeah. With the steer in the back. Feel you feel it? Blood. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like, oh, this is not coming back. I like this. There, there isn't as much resonance as in the first one i was gonna say once again like his training with nakano where does mac start and where does he finish when mac comes here to train i guess i'm just wondering it's like oh is is mac untrained at this point i mean he was just housing charlie in the spiritual center i wish they called out like i've been out of the game too long like i'm not practiced like all this sort of stuff like he's got to get his mojo back that's what this needs to be about like this is also like his sword broke once again like when i said at the beginning that like nakano hands him his sword this is a symbolic thing in any hero myth story. It's like, you now have gotten your weapon. This is like your identity. This is like, this is your tool, right? Yeah. This is like Lord of the Rings shit. So then when Mac loses it, this is like no different than like in fucking uh, Spider-Man 2 or whatever. Like where Peter Parker loses his powers because he doesn't want to be the hero. 
anymore. Like that's what needs to happen here. Is Mac like like this? Him, his destruction of the sword needs to be symbolic of more than just the sword. Like it needs to be his soul. Like his soul is on the line here. It's like, am I not in this fight? And like you know, he's lone. Like all this sort of stuff about like loneliness and like who is he fighting for? It's like John's definitely a good candidate for like a reason to fight. Does but he? Not, does no, he really he come? Call. Like it's it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really pay off that way. I wish there was a journey in this training like what has mac lost and he needs to regain and i think there's definitely some spiritual aspect to it that is like untapped and that's a bummer yeah like mac needs to like reconnect with nature like that stag scene like they show him running on the beach that scene's not about running on the beach that scene is about mac feeling the heartbeat of the stag and channeling it into his own running because that that's what that's about it's like can you feel it and he's able to like become that and run faster right yeah it's a very odd so mystical thing, they they but... skip that part they fucking they don't get it <laughs> like they they miss it like it's like no like it's not the running mac needs to connect with nature or whatever it is again and the theme of that movie there can be only like this oneness with stuff meditation spiritualness with nakano all this stuff is fucking Odd- dropped yeah. ah! oddly so enough in the original script with the kavanaugh character there is a whole moment that calls back this connection with nature thing. He says, like, oh, what do you hear? And Mac says, he's like, he's just kind of like nothing. He's like, well, what do you hear? He's like, I don't know. I hear the wind. And he's like, well, what else? And, like, he, like, breaks down all the other things in the environment that are going on around him. And, right. like, trying to get him to, like, live in this space. Which is a callback to this whole stag, like, one Absolutely. with nature thing. And also, I can't believe that Mac's not, like, it, it needs to also, again, be the spiritual aspect. One, because that's more compelling. But, like, Mac has, quote-unquote, won the game. Like, I can't believe for a second Mac isn't strong enough. Mac has lived longer. Mac, again, has beaten the Kurgan. So to say he's not strong enough is wrong. Right. Mac is missing the other thing. The heart. That's, like, I mean, also, again, like, in the first movie, we wondered about that, too. It's like, Sean Connery has this great line. It's like, how do you beat the Kurgan? With steel, faith, and heart. And we were bummed that that line doesn't seem to manifest itself in any other way like it seems to just be a dangling thread from maybe an earlier script this is again one of these instances it's like well mac i need steel which is broken got to fix the steel and it's like but what about the other two things the faith or in this one it was soul and heart it's like let's get this trifecta going like let's pay this movie off ah so like the heart he like connects with deborah unger and his daughter the soul though He's got to find that thing that makes him want to live. Correct. Which. So we're, we're like two for three here. And yeah, I don't know. It's close. It also just kind of is like your dad exercising. Well, he does it in a fucking like purple sweatshirt. Like it's. Yeah, yeah. it's like a sweatshirt. And like he's really like not that I'm Mr. At- Charles Atlas or anything, but he's like really struggling in the boat with the oars and everything. I like this sequence. I think it's good it's filmed really nicely yeah. the song's nice but then well, it's so the nicely because it's all the same shots from the first movie yeah then at the same time i'm just kind of like but he's just like twirling his sword around and like i don't know yeah once again this even this training montage can go is right at home in a highlander reboot so also this idea of going home like that's important yeah that's important that's important because there's also a conversation of like oh like you look at home like you belong here and he's like well i did once like i don't now but he like reconnects with that by the end of the movie like right. there's some good thematic ground to cover mm-hmm. yeah cut to nipple sucking yeah okay cut to nipple sucking. okay okay so we get well we get a reverse of the silver room scene where instead of mac being like my name's connor mcleod i was born in 1528 or whatever it is she says it she says it i don't know how she Somehow, knows all this stuff yeah, again know. a remnant of an earlier script where this stuff was a legend she was researching right this is now just i, I don't well, know she already knows 
She already knows that Connor McCloud, there was a Connor McCloud who was kicked out of that village. Oh, I guess so. So, she so she's just reciting this. The, okay. She knows the story already. And this is like that legend connection. Right. And then Mac gets a boner anytime <laughs> he tells a woman he sure that does. he's immortal. Because well, after she says that, he goes in for this huge open mouth kiss. <laughs> it's and the fucking music starts ramping up. And yep. you're hearing it right now under us. And this is like the softest core porn this is fuck music. Shit. this is like man this is like the room level porn music yeah there's uh more christopher lambert like nipple yeah. sucking so let's I talk mean, let's like talk open... all about the sex scene guys <laughs> since we dissect every fucking frame of this movie let's talk about every dirty frame of this <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh no so know. it's nicely lit <laughs> Yes, it's nicely lit. You can see everything. <laughs> it's too late. I've seen everything. So, yeah. I've seen it all. Yeah. Uh, so, Eamon, you said just, nip sucking. Well, yeah. Just like in the first one, like, Christopher Lambert, like, puts this woman's nipple in his mouth. Like, makes a beeline. I'm like, oh, this is gross. Like, do you sign up for that when you're an actor? Like, I have to let this man suck on my nipple. Maybe. That must be very uncomfortable. I don't want a stranger. It is her. These yeah. are not body doubles. This is the nope. real deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the real deal. Yeah. Uh, you see some of her pubic hair, don't you? Oh, yeah, you do. Like, he goes downtown to... <laughs> I'm sorry, he does what? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, mu- this music is, like, raging on. It's, like, hardcore stuff. I want to read this thing from IMDb. Sure, yeah, this is good. When preparing for the sex scene between Connor and Alex, Christopher Lambert and Deborah Unger discussed about it, and to be sure that they both felt comfortable about doing it, and they decided to just go for it. What is, is that like a trivia? That was in the trivia section. They decided to just go for it. Who knows if that's it. true? And it was written. Well, very, they definitely did just go for it, for sure. It's really hardcore. Like, this is very graphic. I mean, this is like straight up like HBO late night shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Because it's so fucked and weird. (laughs) It's unnecessary. 1995. That's true. Okay, so let's cut the fuck out of here. Now we're in like a local Scottish bar, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of bagpipe music playing. Yep. Something about this is somewhat charming to me. It's like, oh, at least they're having a relationship now. Like, they're at a table fake talking to each other. Yeah. I like because the music's playing, they are moving their mouths like they're in a deep conversation. And then, like, a waitress comes over to them, and they're like, uh, McLeod, do you have a phone call? It's like, wait, we can hear you fine, but could never hear them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jack is on the phone, and he's returning Mac's call. So at some point, I guess finally after Mac had sex, he was like, I should probably call my son. And said, hey, Jack, I'm in Scotland. Call right. me back. Bye. Right. And he's like, hey, w-, like, You're when Jack. You're not going to believe this piece of ass. <laughs> oh, I just my got. God. <laughs> so I'm punching way above my weight. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, when Jack calls, Kane has, like, also called and set up an arrangement to fly little Johnny yeah, to, to Newark, Newark to meet up with him. And then, but then when he gets the call from Mac, he's like, wait a minute, like you're in Scotland, but you want him to meet you there? This is like fucked. And Mac's like, uh oh. He's like, I gotta go. Uh oh. Now we cut to Newark, in which there is a sign outside that says Bienvenue au Montreal. <laughs> There's a sign very clearly that says, Welcome <laughs> to Montreal. Wait, really? Yeah, at the airport. Yeah. Amazing. So John comes in, he gives he's at the ticket taker place, and the, the at least somebody the, asks, like, are you traveling alone? Like, well, this is and crazy. The stewardess is with him, like yeah. escorting him. Right. 
But then what? She just disappears. I guess. And he's he like, oh, no, my dad's she's sticking me up. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, his dad does pick him up, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Kane pulls up in his car, which, again, I have a note, like, I guess he learned to drive. I guess he got a car somehow. Mm-hmm. All this sort of stuff. He or drives by the power of illusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe the car's not real. He's just walking. <laughs> he's just walking, but it looks like he's driving. That's right. They could not make up their mind with that shit. Why is it called the power of illusion? Why isn't it just magic? They should just say it's magic. It's just yeah. magic. Yeah. Clearly it is just magic. It's an illusion. <laughs> At uh, this point, we cut to a bar, the same pool bar where Sten is hanging out, which is why this bar must be in Manhattan, right? Sure. Because it's an after work bar. Uh, so Sten gets a call from like customs or whoever and is like, oh, like McLeod's on a flight. I guess they got the tip off. So Sten's let's like, get him. let's go, guys. And they all rush out of there. I guess Mac is wanted. They arrest him immediately. Wanted for what? Like, wh- I had that note in my I note too. Like, what do they have now that they didn't have before? And it's clearly nothing because that's how it shakes out. But like, why now? Why not then? I guess they never caught up with him after. The explosion at the okay. Japanese Spiritual Center. Because Stan followed him there. Doesn't see him leave. There's a massive explosion. Okay, that makes sense. Like, so it's like, now like, we got to question you about we, this we, shit. You're, he's definitely wanted for questioning. Okay, right. that's that checks out. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, so Mac and Alex, the convenience of this is mind-boggling. Arrived minutes after John. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So this flight had been booked from Marrakesh. Surprisingly, Mac is able to leave this bar instantly, hop on a plane, and get to New York the mm-hmm. same time John arrives. Yep. But whatever. Well, um, we had a really long illusion. layover. But then we, we do yeah. get kind of confirmation of the buzz here because Mac is like, I can feel his presence. Right. right. No noise. No noise, but he can feel it. Fun. He can feel it. So who knows when he feels feels it before or not. So he sees Kane up on like a balcony and transform into him. Right. I like the way this is shot. It's like not with special effects, which I like. It's yeah. like he just walks behind a pole and when he comes out the other side, he's McLeod. It's like great. And so he goes and meets John. Yeah. So he walks off with John. I like the emotion in the scene, like, Mac fucking flips, like, when he gets through customs, he's, like, jumping over fucking luggage racks and shit, and he's like, John, John, he's screaming, and he before he gets to the door. He cuts in line several times. Oh, that's good, yeah, he keeps cutting in line, which I liked as well. I thought this yeah. was all well done. No, and, like, people Like, like there's good Ooh. tension to the scene, yeah. like, you can see Mac's frustration as he keeps cutting in line, which is good. It's like, ah, I can't wait. I'll that's get in it. front of you. I'll get in front of you. Christopher Lambert looked like he was wearing eyeshadow in this scene. Did he me. really? Yeah. <laughs> It's like he had some makeup on. It just reflects the darkness of his soul. That's right. So then Kane leads John into his car. And he's like, oh, what happened to the Porsche? And he gets in, and now he's Mary Van Peebles again. That's yeah. right. And he's like, huh? John goes, where's the Porsche? So John has been to New York where the Porsche is held and driven it? Or does Connor just regaled him with stories about his Porsche that he knows when he picks him up, it'll be a Porsche? Not sure. Yeah. Unclear. But just a wrinkle in the, like, why is there a picture of John on his thing? It's like, maybe they did were there for us at some point. A time. Maybe. Maybe. So anyway, he gets it. Maybe the cigars aren't a decade old. Maybe they're just like six years old. They're still shit. It's not even in a humidor. It's just like in a box. Yeah. It's not like how Kane's like, Porsche, you little brat. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the car. Yeah. Uh, so what does Kane say after that? I'm your daddy's friend. I'm a friend of yours. Oh, that's it. Daddy. daddy. Him like saying daddy's pretty daddy. good. Daddy. He just says multiple times in this movie. Yeah. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> daddy. So then we get an amazing cut, and I think we should play this clip. Sure. So now we cut to the police station, and Mac is getting interrogated, and this fucking... Gets, Mac comes out and gets arrested immediately. Right. And so we get this smash cut, and this interrogation, like, it's so intense the way it cuts to this. 
It's awesome. Here we go, guys. He's got my son. What's up, Nash? There's nothing in your file but a son. You're a liar, Nash. You're a fucking liar. Nash, what's up? <laughs> it's so intense and yeah. awesome. You're a liar, Nash. You're like, a fucking liar. And, and he's like, not Sten for some reason. Yeah. Not like yet. Two other guys. And he just looks sad, and they're just fingers, like, getting <laughs> yeah. pointed in his face. Meanwhile, we are getting treated to uh, the this... worst callback to the first movie. And sort of the second movie? Yeah, yeah. sure. It's a callback to all the movies. It's a real showstopper, literally. This is insane. I was like, what the fuck? So Kane decides he's going to go on, like, a rampage joyride thing. Like the Kurgan does with Brenda, but also just he's supplement. Even, he's even driving like maybe the same car. Maybe oh. it's like ridiculously similar in every yeah. way. And then supplementing it with his power of illusion. Which does that cut down on the danger of this to, to you? No. Oh, okay. Well, because like they bar- the first thing they do is barrel towards an oncoming plane, and yeah. John's like, "It's a plane!" And then the plane just vaporizes. It's like, oh, I guess really no no threat. It wasn't really there in the first place, but or then he's was also it? slamming into real walls like the car. Right. Well, in those up. instances, sure, there's real danger. But and then like, they repeat exactly the driving toward a truck thing. Uh-huh. Boy, that's also an illusion. Although not an illusion that the car catches on fire. Because like after it's on fire, it's like, oh, is this an illusion? But then it's all like smoky and burn up later. I was like, is the fire real? I, just, I never know. It's so all over the place. At one point, he removes the steering wheel from <laughs> its like housing and hands it to john and is like here you drive it's power pollution. and he's oh then there's, Guys, there's more like expecting the power of illusion yeah. then there's like more punny thing he's like oh remember to keep your eye on the road and he like kicks the door out and shoves john's face like to the concrete he also gives him the middle finger that's my favorite part about it at one point he screams like fuck you and he's giving the finger to the snow like he's it's just out to the out to the, the world. world and then he turns around and he's blasting john with the finger <laughs> just the idea of the villain of this movie giving a child the <laughs> finger being like you fucker <laughs> as he screams is great like this is what this guy has to do at this time <laughs> give the finger to children <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile the interrogation of mac continues and then sten decides he wants a piece of also, there's nothing in your file about a son. It's like, what file yeah. is this? You're a fucking liar. Yeah, have they been, keep, also, have they been he, keeping a continuous file on Mac for 10 years? His yeah. children? Yeah. Or lack thereof? So then Sten goes in, and rather than really showing anything related to that interrogation, they show those same two guys who were yelling at him going, well, I guess we got nothing on him. We right. yeah. him. Like, we have nothing on him. <laughs> we got to let him go. It's like you were singing a very different story a few seconds ago. Yeah. Well, so you could probably hold him for three days. Probably. I they have know. enough to get a warrant, right, to search his house for sure. Also, by the way, he came back with a bag that has a sword, sword in it. it. That's something there, right? Oh, yeah. You're definitely getting a warrant. You could probably arrest him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy who was around with all the beheadings recently and eight years ago came back into town with his sword. With his sword. Did they yeah. give him his sword back when he leaves? Did, yeah, who I has the sword? Checked or, baggage, or does yeah. Deborah have it? Deborah Unger. Oh, maybe Deborah she must has be it. holding on to that shit. Where is she during all this? <laughs> I don't know. She's the sword mule. Yeah, <laughs> she put it up her butt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
we can't charge him. I guess we gotta let the fucker go. Is the quote? Yeah. I'm out here on the 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 joyride here. At this point in the movie, I had noticed like this joyride is during the day. The amount of this movie that is during the day is surprising. It's I think. all it. It's, it's all, all of the day. and I don't know if that's a budget thing. It's like well, it's cheaper to shoot at fucking two in the afternoon than it is at you know seven o'clock at night and have to actually light a scene. Like this is a pretty bright movie. Like I don't know how much lighting is actually going on at least in these outdoor scenes probably none because they're outdoors they don't get what made their first movie good still right like the kurgan scene is well shot it's not this goofy it's like to a degree legitimately scary sure and And, it's kind of goofy but not this goofy he's he's certainly like ham like he's getting a little silly in there but also like this is brenda's reaction is like that of fear and it's not like played for like in this it's being played for laughs Laughs, for sure you don't really feel for the kid that much at least i didn't like i don't think the the kurgan scene is played for laughs at all like it's that he's maniacal and crazy and definitely being goofy and kind of funny but like it's not a funny scene and it's the same with katana in highlander 2 with the train thing like that's showing you how like crazy he is and like are we praising that scene (laughs) no i'm not not, if so i'm not signing on to that no no. No, i'm not praising it i'm just saying like but that's also played for both sequel scenes don't understand like they're both mimicking this kurgan scene but they're not getting the but they're what made it right Yeah. yeah So about this dark time, like dark time, nighttime thing, it's like, I think the nighttime thing adds to the danger, too. Like, I feel less threatened during the day. Like most people. Like, this driving during the day thing is, like, just not as scary as it would be at night. And the whole movie's that way. Also, I was trying to go back and think, like, Highlander 1 almost takes place exclusively at night. Almost Almost all the daytime stuff is in Scotland in the past, when it's bright and shiny and it's okay, it's the youth of my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and ex- the only things I can really think of is like he meets Castagir. He meets Castagir. He goes to the zoo with Brenda and at the very end of the movie he's in Scotland. And of course that makes sense that that's during the daytime. But it's like it's literally three of the happy moments of the movie take place during the day. Meeting his mm. buddy Castagir, going on a date with Brenda, the love of his recent life, and when the whole thing's over and it's a happy ending. Like that's the daytime stuff. Everything else is nice. See? Yeah. It's like well, most of the Scotland stuff is during the day. But like I said, that's because that's like when oh, he's right. a, a kid, essentially, right, right. and he's also in love. Then, like he he has Heather back then. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's definitely associated with like happy times. Right. This is a fucking maniac death race, and it's during is the it day. A death race two thousand. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Casanova Frankenstein. So anyway, that's what I have to say about this. It's fucking nuts, though. Yeah. It- Took me right out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, right out. I mean, I wasn't that far in, but uh, all yeah. the way out. Yeah. Kane speeds away, and he's like, your daddy can save you now. And then we get a- another copy of a scene from Highlander 1 where there's a voicemail on Mac's phone where... Kane leaves a message saying, like, hey, I got your kid or whatever. Come meet me here. At and- the church. Take me to church. The old mission. So then more insane dialogue. Well, happens. first, Mac gives Alex his ring. Right. Which, Which is the ring the she gave, ring. right, the Sarah ring. Sarah ring, Sarah The Sarah, Sarah, Sarah ring. ring. He gives it back to her. And then they kiss in the love theme place. Then we cut to this mission, and Mac makes a real hero's entrance in a cab. Like, a cab pulls yeah, up, and yeah. he just, like, gets out. It's like, all right, here <laughs> I am. It's like, why even show that? Like, why, why show the hero the drive up in a cab? Like, why does he take the Porsche? Yeah. <sighs> what happened to the Porsche? Maybe it got exploded. When? In the... Japanese cultural center. Yeah, but he had to drive it. home. Or maybe he took the subway home. Yeah, that's it. Eat fresh. So he gets in. Or maybe he couldn't take it home because he went out the back of the Japanese spiritual center. 
Because oh, Sten's out front watching the car. Ooh. So maybe he has abandoned the car. I'll awesome. go with that. So then Kane <laughs> is inside smoking a, one of Mac's cigars. One of his dank six-year-old cigars. He's with John. Or is I he? don't know. I don't know. No, he uses the power of illusion. No, but he also has the, the power to make pe- things disappear. I don't know if John's really there and he teleports him diff- somewhere else. I, I legitimately uh-huh. am not sure. Yeah. I'm not if sure he's, either. Because he apparently has the power to teleport himself. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if this is really John. Whatever. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> There's like not even a reason to think about things like that anymore. <laughs> It's like <laughs> this movie, they're going to do whatever they oh, want. Oh, this is very meta. Like This movie has made you stop caring about life. Yeah, you're taking Mac's journey. That's right. And I don't care anymore about the power of illusion. It's been <laughs> you need, shattered. You need, you need to respect it. I know. <laughs> you must respect it. Now, they say I'm the master of illusion, which no one says that because no one knew it. Yeah. <laughs> no one knew that because once you got it, you were trapped in a cave. For 400 right, years. For 400 years. Right. So the first person to discover that you have this power is Duncan McLeod. Or is Connor McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but you're the master of deception. How did you convince all those women that it was them who couldn't bear children when it was your little pecker that couldn't do the pecking? Yeah. Good and it's job. like, what <laughs> the fuck is this dialogue? Yeah. What is this theory he has that Mac has been lying to everybody? Yeah. What is this theory? What is this about? Why would he say that? Uh. So, yeah, this is an insane bit of dialogue. Well, like, he's just, like, positing this weird theory that McLeod goes around convincing these women that they should be able to have children when he knows they can't. Yeah. Because I think the idea is that no one would want to be with you if you couldn't have children. Is that the idea? Like, why would the women stick with you I don't know. if they couldn't uh, have kids that, with you? Is that what he's saying? Maybe. So the only way Matt could get them to stay with him is if he was like, well, it's actually you and I've chosen to stay with you. I don't know. But why That's my he, guess. Why is he saying any of this? About this man he doesn't know. It's also yeah. a thing. This, like, I can't have kids thing is not a thing that's part of the movie at all. Because he has a kid. He adopted the kid. Right. For the second time. This is the second kid we know Connor McCloud has adopted. Sure. But, like, this movie is not, like, uh, reiterated the rules. Like, this movie is not called out, like, remember, you can't have children. Like, this is, bring, this is calling that out. And you great distress. Right. This is reasons. calling that out for a reason that I don't know. Like, yeah. it's not a theme yeah. of the movie. So, who cares? Your little pecker that couldn't do the pecking. So it's like, where's John? Follow me. And then he like and he disappears, disappears into, into Jesus. <laughs> into Jesus. And then McLeod like goes out the back of this church and there's a fucking petrochemical pl- plant. Yeah. Like he goes, fucking, he goes to Axis Chemicals. Goes, that's what I called it too. He goes to Axis Chemicals. And the Batmobile drives by him. It shoots the garage door with machine guns mm-hmm. and then drops those little pellets that kill everyone. <laughs> Skadoosh. All right. So Mac then follows him to nondescript warehouse he plays. That's, you know, whatever. It's like Termi- yeah. This is like Terminator 2, where we are. It here. is like Terminator 2. Go-gum, go-gum, go-gum. And Kane has some T-1000-esque qualities. He does! He does! Holy, Holy shit! This <laughs> 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 is Terminator 2. <laughs> Which came so, out, what, in 92? So, I think so. Yeah. 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 So somehow a ceiling fan gets thrown at McCloud. He right. throws a literal buzzsaw at him, yeah. like commando style. Or is it an does he illusion it at him? Does he illusion at him? Or Theory 3? He quickening Cut Man, Mega Man style. <laughs> That's the most likely. Also, is Mega Man an immortal? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
then at some point, Mac sees Alex there. Yeah, which, it's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I thought I could help. And it's like, all right, okay. And so then the then floor he, gives out. Right. So again, this power of illusion thing called into question. It's like he's walking on it. Like this is not. Was it never there? Right. So this is, is that I, he's making it disappear. I guess. So Mac then lunges forward. He's holding on for dear life. There are now also big circular fans spinning below him. And Alex, spoiler alert, is Kane decides to help him up. I don't know. It seems like it's a death trap below. Push yeah. him off. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why she helps, why Kane helps him up. Because he wants the satisfaction. Sure. I guess. I guess. Oh, just cut off his head. Yeah. While he's hanging there. Yeah. Right. Cut off his hands. So he helps him up. They go to walk away. And then I guess Mac is wise to this whole thing and like grabs her back and stabs That's her through a- the gut. How does he know? Mm. Like, this is, this is one of those instances where I this is perfect fodder the- for the callback to the sweat in the. Yeah. In like. There needs to be some clue for Mac to be like, uh-oh, this isn't what I think it is. Like, like he could have looked at her finger and she wasn't wearing the ring. Or like, oh, that's, oh that's, it. that's it. Good. That's it. Something. That's, that's it. Good. That's it. Yeah. Holy shit. Because how would he know? How would he know? It's the right. ring. God damn it. In the script, it's because she calls him Connor and he didn't tell her, her his first name. <laughs> Wait, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's so dumb. Also, they don't have sex in the script. That's probably for the best. That's yeah. dumb too. They should That's really dumb. Get... <laughs> they should definitely have sex in the most graphic way possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's it's what it says in the script. <laughs> it just they says, fuck very it's graphically. Really disgusting. disgusting. It's gross. Any raw dogs are. Is what it says in the script. Lambert sucks her nipple. <laughs> so anyway, he stabs her. I'll show I actually, you my Lord of Thunder. <laughs> I oh boy, I actually kind of like this like her the voice kind of morphs yeah, yeah into like his creepy voice he gets You're she gets like the black killer. metal yeah. yeah i think this is kind of cool i'm like all right sure it looks better than other stuff in the movie <laughs> it looks better than other stuff in the movie that's the level we're at with this <laughs> so he removes the sword and now has a two sword scheme yeah which doesn't result in anything, really. Well, because Mac, Mac gets the ultimate Highlander weapon, a pipe. A pipe. As right. the music fucking kicks into action. Mm-hmm. It's for some not queen metal. Right. <sighs> so we get Pipe Man Forever here, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is the third one. Yeah, Pipe Man Forever. Yeah, and all right. Yeah, this is definitely the Batman Forever of this franchise. Sure. So. Uh, Mac gets thrown down some stairs, like a lot of stairs, so that hurts. He gets his sword back somehow at some point. Yeah, he hits the sword with the pipe, and it knocks it out of Kane's hands. And then Mac jumps down to retrieve it, I guess. Yeah. And at this point, then, Kane has disappeared, so we're snooping around again. Kane delivers a very puzzling one-liner. When he gets both swords, he's like, I can't kill an unarmed man. And he goes to hand him the sword, and he goes, but then again, life isn't fair. Okay. What? Yeah. Huh? Uh, huh? <laughs> Those two thoughts really aren't related. Also, do you think it's weird that he goes to hand him his own sword and not? Him? Yeah, he, hand, he, he hands, hands him, him the King's black sword. Sword, yeah. That's so I'm weird. just like, what? You don't want oh, your yeah. sword? Like, seems like a mistake, right? I don't know. Some script supervisor didn't pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, so then we get the oh, the ultimate, the ultimate, part. the ultimate illusion, fucking, yeah. <laughs> ultimate illusion, where Kane fucking charges at Mac out of nowhere. Mac spins around and cuts Kane. In half. In a, a Twix, as it were. And his legs keep running. Yeah. And he uses his arms to, like, suspend himself on, like, the railings of Axis Chemicals. I didn't notice this. Is he still holding his sword in his hands when he, like, shimmies down no. the railings? Where's his sword? Uh. That's a good... That's I a thought good, he was. No. He, I, or, I don't think so, because he's got the railing. 
Well, he's obviously not doing it, so right. <laughs> yeah. So they probably cut. That's, he doesn't. That's the real answer. That's right. He's not actually doing it, so I have no problem believing that his he can sword is a- illusioned hold. away. Yeah. They can magically hold the sword. So is he just making his legs invisible, or <laughs> what's, we need to keep, what's we need the to illusion? Stop pretending that it's just illusion. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like he has power over space and time. He does. <laughs> well, he does. He can teleport. What else is that but power over space and time? Yeah. It's he's literally like exactly a fucking it. god. Not that good of a god, though. Yeah. Also, he forgets he's magic. This thing that we just described is the last time he will use magic. So this, you cut me in half thing, is the last time we'll be like, oh, I'm still just going to try to fight you normal, though. Right. So also, another little interesting I'm tidbit. i try to fight you normal. Gabriel... Piton? Yeah, Gabriel Piton, the zone. Uh, the zone cocon. Gabriel Cocon, or Cocon, I don't know, whatever. The kid. The kid who plays John, right? Mm-hmm. There was an entire scene that was also filmed where Kane turns into John. Ooh. And him and Mac have a little, you know, hey, Dad, it's me. Oh, it's you, John. Hug, hug, hug. And then he fucking attacks him with a knife, and Connor has to throw his son against the wall like a great, like he picks him up and he chucks him across the room. That was cut. That scene was still in. That was cut. That was filmed and cut. That's (laughs) prime GIF material. (laughs) Mac Mac (laughs) throwing throwing a a child. child. (laughs) Uh, The hero of the movie. They get to like this weird like platform in the plant. It's like a kind of a big open area. Yeah. And it's just like a really kind of boring, sped up, weird fight. The choreography here is Mac is doing the same move. Like there's almost no choreography. Like Mac is doing like a right to left slash over and over and over again. The camera keeps changing angles, but Mac is just doing this. It's like, I guess you guys ran out of choreography or time or what? It's odd. It's really boring. Really yeah. boring. For most of it, they're in such a confined space that they can't even really move or do yeah. that many interesting things. Like Highlander 1, you're in front of the Silver Cup sign, and then you're in this awesome, big, dark room with these crazy windows. And even in Highlander 2, which isn't that great, you're in this like kind of cool like roof with a big laser beam shooting up into the sky. And in this, you're just in like, you're on top of a grate in like <laughs> a room. It's not iconic. The way the Silver Cup scene is iconic. Them silhouetted against those blue windows is awesome. Like this, forget it. Not to compare it, because the TV show I think is great, but like this is a setting for a TV show fight where it's like, where do they fight? I don't know, a warehouse? You know what I mean? Like, what can we get this week? A chateau? A warehouse? It's like, whatever. They couldn't scout anything better than this? I don't know. Well, it's like Kyle said, they're like cramped in there. Like they can't really like move around or anything. It's cool for like a couple seconds, but once you do those couple seconds, it's like, all right. Yeah, but this, this might need to move those, out of here yeah. somewhere else. When Kane's else. swinging those two swords, that's kind of cool. Sure. But then that's done, and, you know, I've had enough of them on a catwalk. Yeah, because right. we get more of the same. And it's just like there's a portion where Mac is just punching Kane in the face a bunch of times. There's even a POV of Kane getting punched Punch in the in face. The face. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. Like, you see his which head is, reel back. Which is weird. It's weird, yeah, it is. It's and like, does, whoa. Does he even use his move to beat he Kane? Just, no, he used his move to beat Kane's goon. Yeah. Which seems like a strange deployment of the super secret move. Right, that's like the culmination of his training. Was that move. Was that move. And, and he used it to beat goon number one. Right. Yeah. They do that rehash of the line, Kane says, I'll see you in hell. Well, because Max slashes him twice across the back, which yeah. I guess hurts a lot more than getting cut in half. <laughs> yeah. Like, getting cut in half 
didn't seem to do anything. Kane laughed it off. But he gets cut twice in the back and is like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But he's like, I'll see you in hell. And he's and I'm like sitting there going, like, is this like a sort of the gate to heaven or hell thing? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And then McCaw goes, I'll be the judge of that. Which is like the callback of the holy ground right i guess for reasons you'll be the judge of whether you see him in hell does that posit a world in which mac might be in hell but, <laughs> but he he won't see him but he chooses yeah. but he's to like, live I'm in a different a section fr- of hell i'm still a free you. man yeah. i will not see you here so mac just wins <laughs> he chops his head off kane's head does not speak after he's been beheaded luckily, yeah. luckily. also this head for once doesn't catapult off it just kind of goes <laughs> it, it, it like spins oh, yeah. around like a little top it, it does like top. bounce it just, away it goes like, doo, doo, doo. when he falls it bounces so then we get this quickening this axis chemicals quickening yeah so it's... everything explodes killing john in the process like <laughs> yeah john will at some point will appear Mike, from I somewhere did. that didn't explode i guess yeah. yeah did anyone note the music in this section well it's like a weird opera type thingy well there's right? like well there's like electric guitar listeners tell me if i'm wrong on this maybe i'll put it under on the track here to me this sounds like dune hardcore this is like toto dune Kind of really dramatic, over the top, but it's like got like a rock element to it. We'll have to do a comparison on Facebook or whatever. But this and the Dune music are very similar, and in both instances, like you can really hear the drums echoing at night. Yeah, looking for some old forgotten words, or I don't know, maybe an ancient melody. I'm not sure that <laughs> McCloud just kind of floats up, and there's no big demon or like head zoom in or because he got that when he didn't win the prize yeah, yeah he got the dragon monster thing when he didn't win so what's mac mac is wins the prize again <laughs> right here right for real this time presumably or does he i don't know Question. so what does he get winning the prize is he mortal now i don't know <laughs> also is it ever really called out that that's actually the prize this one or the first ever one? like he kind of think... says it in the first movie as in he's like i know everything he didn't know everything because he didn't know he wasn't the last one right i know everything i am everything it's like so then he has a little reunion with his stupid son (laughs) yeah john just walks down these steps he skateboards dead with his hat on backwards ground yeah (laughs) no question no questions asked by john he's like dad oh wait his dad, like, face down on a grate next to a headless corpse. <laughs> After his son was kidnapped by a maniac. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. Just, Dad? Dad? Why did the whole earth explode? So, the denouement of this movie. This is it, guys. This we is made it. it, boys. We cut to Scotland. Mac is in his trench coat, climbing a hill. And so we get some voiceover of Heather saying, will you do something for me, Connor? In the years to come, will you light a candle and remember me on my birthday? Voiced by someone that's not B.D. Edney. This is like a new person. Boo. (laughs) So he's next to like his McLeod sword. He lights a little candle. It's all rusted. I kind of like this. Oh, I love that. So I'm like going back to Scotland and on the swords is like very nice. That's like a good bit of content. I like all the like, because even even with his castle is like grown over. Like they have like maybe a matte painting of it or something. And it's like covered in moss now like showing the transformation of his homeland from the past to the present is awesome yes like buried tools rusty sword all good stuff rusty sword so max says there is a fresh breeze blowing off the lock the glen is snowy and cold it's the most glorious sight on earth i couldn't tell if he says i felt or found uh, a place on earth to match it in 400 years i've not found a place to match it there we go is what he says i'm back now with a woman i love a son i've taken as my own i'm at peace it's finally over 
which is, which is what he's saying to the audience. It's finally, finally over. over. Yeah. yeah. And so they're driving a car. Alex is riding with them. John's they in the back swerve. seat. They swerve. They fucking drive on the wrong side of the... Do you notice that? No, I was going to... At one point, they, like, randomly change lanes. I'm like, what is Matt doing here? Like, swerving all over the no road. No wonder Brendan got <laughs> I'm okay to drive, Brenda. I'm okay. I'm just going to have one more Glamour Angie, and then we're going <laughs> to get going. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, like, the, the McLeod sword hilt is, like, in the foreground, and then... It gets hit by lightning? Yeah. For coolness reasons? For coolness reasons. For coolness yeah. reasons, right? No, it's just this, an image. This is to insinuate that it's not really over. Is Do you think that's what this is? Absolutely. I don't. Why? I think this is, like, it's a cool image style thing. I also think that... <laughs> if this was... If this, like, I wouldn't have questioned an image like that in Highlander 1. Like, this is... Pure Russell McKay style. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, just an image of the sword getting hit by lightning is neat. So, but I, I don't know. I think that's what I thought when think. I saw it. But thinking back on it in the context that when the quickening happens before, mm-hmm. the clouds, like, all of a sudden lightning ripples through a clear sky, and McCloud knows it's not over because of the lightning, like, lets him know that it's ah, not over. Right. So I think in that context, well, I think that that's actually a fair point. Yeah. So, well, I just think the- because he says it's all over and then the lightning strikes, to me, that's like a thing where, like, that's like at the end of Super Mario Brothers. The movie, oh, boy. Where it's like, oh, everything's all right. And this is the movie you're referencing. It's still like bursting. It's like, wait a minute, it's not over yet. And then that sequel never. You came. might be good, right. Good, good, good work pulling that one up. <laughs> yeah. So I like in this, the end of this movie is Matt going, it's finally over. And then the thing we don't see is literally two seconds later, Matt go, fuck. Like, yeah. God damn it. Son oh, of a bitch. Man. And then he swerves and crashes the car. <laughs> and Alex and John. Both die, and then it starts all over again. That's an interesting way to look at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. You could. That's 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 well, interesting. There's another cave down the street full of, <laughs> yeah. full of immortals that recently were uncovered by a drilling outfit. So now we we can talk about this music that's playing. This is like the end of the Matrix. Like only that's Rage Against the Machine, right? And this is not the guy took a picture song or whatever. Yeah, I have in my notes, it sounds like an Incubus knockoff. That is what it sounds like. (laughs) But they're credited at the very end, after all the rest of the credits. There's a section that has all the other songs. And then it's a song by, right? And this is the last one. God took a picture by Suze DiMarchi and Nuno Betancourt. Right. And I believe that's because because of the two cuts of this movie. One version had Bonnie Portmore play over the credits. Ah. And one had this song. So I think they still needed to be credited in the movie. So I think that's why there's that extra credit at the end. That's my guess. Eamon and I saw the version that has the metal at the end. Right. And apparently there's another version where when Kane and Connor are fighting, a song by Curb Dog plays instead of whatever we got, which sounded like an instrumental version of... Dr. Um, Feelgood or whatever? Dr. Feelgood. Right. Also, we should mention that the director, Andrew, worked with Guns N' Roses and wanted Guns N' Roses to be like the exclusive band on this movie. And that did not work. Oh, well, that man. would have been an interesting parallel because, like, Queen is the exclusive band of the other one. Yeah. And then you have Slash. Right. What do swords do? <laughs> <laughs> swords. What are they for? Slashing. So did anyone notice, that, like, listen to the lyrics to the song or anything like that? No. This song is written for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So the lyrics are, still I'm living the objective of my decisions, living history, the intention of bad delivery. So it saved me, life is endless, soul to soul, generations. And then there's all the God took a picture of me, 
God took a picture and blew me away. Away, away, away. Then the other verse is, like a baby, do you think I'm kind of human? Wouldn't dream it if I master eternal living. And uh, this, that's it. That's the, it. There's the like two verses. The song sound like they were created by Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm just like, all right. <laughs> also, we should talk about the original script in the end of the movie and how that drastically differed. Yeah, so the original movie script ends quite differently than this movie does. It, it, the, the final culmination is at the museum. Right. Not at Axis Chemicals. Which is good at least that it's a location we've seen before, theoretically. Mm. Yeah. Brenda's... Brenda. Uh, <laughs> you look pretty, Brenda. Alex is trapped in some, like, Batman villain-esque, <laughs> like, trap where, like, a candle is melting a rope that's holding a weight. And if the weight falls, a crossbow will fire a bolt into her chest. Which will then cause a, a grand piano to fall on yeah. her head and be covered in gasoline and lit on fire. And then that mouse will be trapped. The, <laughs> yes. mou- the mouser. The mouser, yeah. Bedso is involved. Well, Mac is about to die, I think. Like, Mac is, Mac is going to lose, and Bedso busts in and shoots Kane, or in this, it's, right. what's it, Kill... Kilvara. Kilvara. He shoots him. He, like, plugs him twice, goes to help Mac... And then Mac is like, it's not over or whatever. He's not dead. And right. Kane instantly gets back up and grabs Bedso and like throws him against the wall, like breaking his bones or something. Then Mac, I guess they finish the fight. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Connor explains what happens to Bedso. And Bedso lets him go at the end. Like, that's the big payoff. It's like Bedso's like, you can go. Well, Bedso sees Kilvara kill a cop and he sees a video of Kilvara being immortal oh right yes so then he's he like, robs a bank he, he robs a bank, robs a bank. Yeah. also Using explaining our question illusion. answering our question like how does he get all this shit how does he get from yeah. here to there he robs right. a bank so then bet says like i know you know something about this and then he sees that connor like saves him and all this shit and yeah lets him go so he knows like Betso kind of knows right there's something going on and then but then the movie ends abruptly like yeah it's a crime scene and brenda no whatever her name is mac and love interest hold hands and walk away Credits. Right. And Bed says, like, let, let him go. Yeah, and that's it. So do we like this movie better than the script? What do we think? No. How they compare? The script makes sense, at least. Like, it has a... The script makes more sense. An, I, an internal logic, and things happen, and the results make sense. What my first reading of the, the script was like, I was like, this is definitely better. But then I, like, mulled it over, and I think it still feels, like, very first drafty. It's drafty in here, guys. Uh, yeah, very first drafty in here. I think it does. You're right. It makes more sense than the the final movie. Like there's right. there's seemingly reasons behind people's actions, but I still don't think it's that hot. I mean, it has a vision. This movie doesn't have a vision of what's happening. Sure. Yeah. It's just like boop, boop, it kind of mills boop. aimlessly from scene to scene, and then it ends. Yeah. Let's talk about some stuff. Uh, my very first note is: What did Mac learn in this movie? Like, what is Mac's arc? He learned how to make a Japanese sword. He learned to respect the power of illusion. He learned to suckle upon more titties. He already knew that. Yeah, that's true. He was already an expert. He won the game after all. <laughs> nothing? Nothing. The answer's nothing. The answer's nothing. Yeah. There's no character development. He didn't respect the power of illusion. <laughs> <laughs> In the first movie, he learned to love. Like, that's the arc, right? Yeah. That's what the movie's about. He, like, opened up with 
Brenda. With Brenda. Because presumably you get the impression he hasn't loved again. Also, maybe that's something this movie contradicts. Like He clearly has loved he again. He clearly has loved again. And again and again and again. And again. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, answer, he learns nothing. Right. Other answer, things in this movie that don't need to be there. The kid, <laughs> the, the power kid. of illusion, the police, the Kane's goons, the hospital scene, the robbery. <laughs> How much of this movie needs to be here? Like, if you took out, like, the extraneous shit from this movie, this movie would be ten minutes long. Yeah. This could, Only this, in our dreams. This would be a novella, <laughs> a short film. About Connor making a sword and killing some asleep wizard guy. Like, so much of this movie just feels extraneous and, like, you're filling time. There's not, like, really a cool action scene in this movie that, like, stands out in my brain. No. I'm not like, wow, that part. That part was awesome. Like in Highlander, there are a few. There's like, a bunch. You can pull out the training montage. You can pull out the Silver Cup fight. Yeah. The car chase. Those are all cool. Like for an action movie, I can't think of like a big, fun set piece. Even Highlander 2, it had like the elevator thing and the like the flying machine sure. thing. Something and the unique. walk out of the fire. Right. Oh, yeah. the walk out That's of the awesome. Like a big movie moment. What was this movie's movie moment? The movie moment is him forging a sword. Yeah. But that's like undercut by the fact that half of that montage is from the first movie. And that it's like all kind of just rehashed. Yeah. It could be like an Enya music video. <laughs> oh, it could be. It could be. <laughs> I like the shot where the, the goon guard gets super shreddered. I like that. Eh. It's a good shot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a shrug. Uh, so that's, I, that's that's a good way to describe this movie. It's a shrug. It's a shrug. All right, I have a question for you guys, which we actually have not really talked about yet, and I think it's crucial that we spend definitely a little time on it. What is the final dimension? Let's make this work. A less coherent name than the sorcerer or the wizard or the magician. It's definitely like what is the final is. dimension in this movie? Magic is magic a different dimension? Does Kane exist on a different plane of reality than the regular characters? I'm being serious in a way. Like, maybe if we're going to argue the timeline of like when Mac arrives home after the fight, let's talk about how this dimension works. Or does he enter the final dimension when he actually wins the game for real? But we don't know what that is. Yeah. We don't know what, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we don't know what any don't. of this shit is. <laughs> we don't know what dimension we're in before we hit the final one. So why not? I mean, is the final dimension a reference to Highlander 2 somehow? And, like, we're back to the real world of Connor McLeod. I don't know. What's it like being taken? <laughs> all right, let's to talk about this. Yeah, all right, let's talk, let's talk about this. So on the Blu-ray special features, there's, there's a, a weird interview with Christopher Lambert. On, like, a press junket. But did it have, like, like degradation? This is, for, this is clearly from a tape yeah. that has been acquired. And, and they didn't clean it up. Well, I don't think they can. I think it's v- damaged. VHSs, you really can't. Yeah, that well. like this I is a shot to video thing. I wouldn't put it on. That's like I'm like. Oh, I, I think I was so excited to see this. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen this before. It's like an interview, and somebody's just spitting a questions. Very bored sounding line producer. Yeah, like, right. Like Lambert's in his hotel room. They both look doing like eight hours of this. Extremely stuff. bored, mm-hmm. <laughs> answering the same questions over yeah. and over. But the very maybe the very first question this producer asks is, 
What's it like being taken to a final dimension? Taking this character to the final dimension. <laughs> and and really just just like, what? <laughs> goes, He's like, I've well, never really, really thought, thought about it. it. I don't know. I've never really. Stupid. Well, first of all, because it wasn't the name of the movie when he was shooting. It, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he might not have even had a clue what he was talking yeah. about. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? I don't know. What's yeah. the name of the movie, Chris? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Also, what is Christopher Lambert's opinion of this movie when he was shooting it? Oh, he said. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> From similar special features on another one of these special features he's like in his scottish duncan outfit <laughs> and he just says i don't want to say it's a great movie it's this or it's that i just want to say they won't be disappointed with this one yeah. <laughs> this one with so he can't even commit to saying it's a good movie, movie. on camera well, like he can just says, say that like i know i'm under two yeah. is disappointed pointing but you won't be disappointed with this one i don't want to say alert, it's a will. great movie it's this or it's that <laughs> this is the movie you're working on uh-huh and in that other interview he's just kind of like and uh you know i can't wait to move on and do other things like mortal Kombat, like yeah. mortal Kombat, that legendary film uh he also in this interview basically just says like i didn't want this character to die with highlander 2 yeah. Right. He even says, like, I didn't even know what that movie was when I signed on to it. Like, I didn't have the script. Ugh. Basically implying, like, I would not have signed on to that movie if I knew what it was. Well, there's there's a story that Lambert walked off this movie. Oh, for pay some, for, uh, Over some sort of pay dispute. I don't know much more than that, but that seems to make sense. That Maybe seems to be his MO all the time. Like, is that the final dimension? <laughs> his, pay, his pay grade? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, based on the cover... The answer is time is the final dimension because he's getting a quickening in front of a clock. I guess. Reason. Hold on. No, I guess it is right. The what's? Hold on. There's the the vertical. There's the horizontal. Right. Hold on. How does this time work? Time is the fourth dimension. Right. The final dimension. That's it. But this is the third movie. <laughs> but it deals with time, which is the final dimension. They all dealt with time. Yeah. Well, they can't. They really. can't call all the movies the final dimension. Is the final dimension the fold in space and time where Kane teleports from Japan to New York? I'll stick with the final dimension. Is the Event fourth dimension? Horizon? Is there a fifth dimension? There's like infinite dimensions, right? I don't know how this all. Where works. does Mister Slick Plick come from? <sighs> Good question. Where does the he imp come from? from Superman? I think. All right, I'll buy this. That dimension. the final dimension is a reference to time. Is the new like a, a different dimension sure i accept it fully i what, think what do you think the final dimension is dear listener definitely write us yeah what is the final dimension write us an email. and how do you get there also i can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier but the photo on the back <laughs> yeah, of this is basically <laughs> max sucking on sarah's nipple whoa let me see this whoa for let me a second. see this <laughs> oh yeah you're right <laughs> it's uh but he's like kind of like lunging over her he doesn't look good in this picture movie or <laughs> at all so we have some uh facebook comments to read about this movie we asked we put a call out to our fans to contribute what their thoughts were uh so somebody wrote us in and says if connor's sword is adorable how does it get destroyed and does he fold it the same 400 times as the original was if not how is that blade strong enough to defeat kane when the original was not Hmm. where's the 400 come from well, his original sword from Ramirez, like Ramirez was like, oh, this this metal was like, remember, he gives like the story of his sword. It's like, oh, it was folded like 400, 400 times, times or whatever. Yeah. And that's why Brenda's like, holy shit, look at this sword. Hey. So does Mac, is Mac as good a sword maker as Basamune? Yes. Apparently. He has to be. I guess so. Or it's just because of holy ground. Yeah, that blows up my theory from earlier then. All right, so we have a message from Colton D. Colton. Colton, who we, we met, met at you. the convention. 
Okay, I've been wanting to discuss this for years. Let's consider... Welcome to it. Yeah. Let's consider how when Duncan washed up on the shore in Japan, he was dead. Kodo rolled him over. Only then was he able to resurrect. Perhaps Kane and the other two were impeded from resurrection by being crushed by rocks. Once the excavation loosened the area they were stuck in, they were able to resurrect. Perhaps if an immortal is impeded from resurrection, the game doesn't count them in. This would also explain why Nefertiri being in a sarcophagus for a few thousand years and never being uh, never was able to bust out on her own. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, that's good. Because they're technically dead, I guess. Until they <gasps> right. back into life. So let's, let's read a couple more of these comments. So David G. Wrote, wrote us. He says, is there a more tragic character in Highlander mythology than Brenda, who dies horribly twice? <laughs> and he says, is the doppelganger thing with Alexandra Sarah a bridge too far? Yes. So yeah, we haven't really discussed, like, what are the ramifications of this, like, actress playing the same part? Well, in I the, don't think they're supposed to be any. Like any I, connection? I don't think they're actually supposed to be connected. I think it's actually just that they resemble each other. Yeah. Do you really think they're supposed to res- I guess they are because of that painting. Like, right. If yeah. they got rid of the painting, I could just believe that like she is a proxy for love. Like She represents a love interest. And so when he remembers the past, this is your stand. And it helps the audience along. He remembers her, not his dead wife right also in a better movie mac falling in love with sarah would help you buy into mac falling in love with alex because we're seeing him fall in love with while not the same character the same person so Mm. it's like you can actually cut your legwork in the present of the love story because we've kind of seen how they fall in love you know what i mean like Mm. you can skip those steps but that's we don't see their we don't really see them fall in love in the past either do we no. They, they do like, I don't buy into this relationship Mac has with Sarah. No, because we don't see it. All no. you see is them ride a horse and then have Fuck. a roll in the hay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the implications are, but I think we're supposed... The answer is supposed to be none. I don't think this is positing that there's reincarnation or something. In the script, she's literally a descendant of his past girlfriend. Because also in the script, that ring she has from the beginning, right? Right. Well, Connor gives it to her. And then Connor is the one who gives her the ring. Connor gives Sarah the ring. And then that is passed down. Right. That's why I was saying. Yeah, that, that was my point. Gets Alex has that ring. Like, yeah. Connor doesn't give well, Alex a Sarah, ring. Not Sarah, but. Yeah, this French, is getting complicated. The French person. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, David G. asks us which of the 50 titles in this movie is your favorite? Not the final dimension. <laughs> well, that one makes no sense. I, <laughs> I kind of like the final conflict. Yeah. That's good. That's okay. I like Scottish fighter. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, Scottish fighter. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the Chinatown knockoff action figure. Yeah, <laughs> Scottish <laughs> fighter. It's called Scottish fighter. <laughs> Spader man. Spader man. It's a picture of the Hulk that says Shrek two. <laughs> <laughs> Dragoon ball. <laughs> I think David also wrote, wrote us. Uh, he said, so some could argue adding alien, the alien aspect in Highlander 2 was far to a field of the mythology set in the first movie. Was the addition of magic slash illusion in 3 the same case for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> I also thought, what's this bullshit? But it's way easier to believe than aliens. Like, sure. Let's not compare. They're like, not apples to apples. No. No. Well, the make- magic is a puddle you step over. The... The alien thing is an impossible chasm. I'm it not... is the mighty Mississippi that you must cross. This is manageable. You can at least see the other shore. Yeah, well, they, they turn a fantasy movie into a science fiction movie in Highlander 2. I mean, adding more magic to an already magical premise is less egregious. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's good, but it's I'm not in fine. favor of it, and I think there's a better way to do it than this. 
specifically like define it in some way. Yeah. Like I, I think having someone who has like can play a little mind tricks, like not turn into a bird. No, let's let's not do that. But somebody that can kind of screw with your head a little bit, that's maybe okay. Sure. I mean, use the power of illusion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a shadow. The shadow. So this is like not a great movie. No. <laughs> I'm like kind of let down. I was actually kind of looking forward to this. I thought I was going to enjoy it more than I did. Oh, man. What? It gave us a lot. Just, it's just funny how yeah. sad, and sad you are. I'm a little sad. I mean, I'm not that sad. I mean, this is a way better movie than Highlander 2 in that it's a completed movie. But right. in some ways... <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <a complete>. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't go bankrupt in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. It was a country's but, economy collapsed. But like, it's such an unmemorable film. Like, yeah. I'll remember some of the weird shit that Mario Van Peebles does. I'll right. remember like the reforging of the sword. Sure. The rest of it, though, I don't know. In I'll, one ear and out the other. I'll remember No Glove, No Love. For all the wrong reasons. Right. This movie has a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. 5%. 5%. How much does Highlander 2 have? I don't know. It's got to be more than 5%. Or no, is Highlander 2 zero? It might be zero. Oh, my God. Let me just read a couple excerpts because other people have great opinions about this movie, too. So film critic Stephen Holden wrote, this is from the time. This is published January 28th, 1995, a day after the movie came out. Ooh. Uh, They probably got an advanced screening. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So just a couple excerpts. How could an action-adventure film that cost $34 million, most of which uh, clearly went into pyrotechnics, computerized special effects, and scenic locations, end up looking cheap, silly, and lifeless? To find out, see Highlander The Final (laughs) Dimension. shit. He also goes on to say, morphing is no substitute for acting. And Highlander <laughs> The Final Dimension has performances that are one-dimensional, <laughs> even by the undemanding standards of the genre. The discrepancy between Mr. Lambert's heroic posturing and his voice, which sounds like a meek hybrid of Vincent Price and Peter Lorre, <laughs> have, never been, have never been more glaring. Mr. Van Peebles' Vegeta? Mr. Van Peebles' villain suggests Attila the Hun as imagined by Alice Cooper. He wears a nose ring and has lips and teeth stained with what looks like runny black mascara. (laughs) So I thought we also might read what some fans like about this movie. We can take a look at some Amazon reviews. Uh oh. Highlander 3 is my favorite of the four movies. Wow. Ordered it on my Amazon 7-inch tablet. Thank you. Five stars. Aren't there five movies? There are. Well, I guess maybe when this was written, nope. This was written this year. Okay. This is their favorite of them. They're wrong. (laughs) They're they're not wrong about that it's their favorite, but they are wrong. (laughs) This is another great one. Loved collecting all the Highlander movies. <laughs> Five stars. They don't love the movies. They just love collecting, collecting them. <laughs> this is good if you like Highlander. Five stars. <laughs> Wait, it's just good if you like Highlander? Yeah. Is good the standard for five stars? I guess. <laughs> Shouldn't it be great? Like the Frosted Flakes I enjoy? Tony tells me that. I don't really like this movie, but I'm one of those freaks that just ha- just has to have this whole series if I have one. Overall, it's not a bad movie. Just pretty cheesy. Just like anything Lambert Bear stars in. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Needed it to complete a set. Everything was fast and easy. <laughs> Looking forward to more movies. A plus 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 five stars. <laughs> is this looking forward or is she looking forward to just more movies in general? Maybe more movies in general. They <laughs> love movies. She's just like, it's like, boy, I've, I just discovered Netflix. I'm stoked. This is, I can't this wait is, for more This movies. is a very good one. Just what my child wanted. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> what? Whoa, no this kids is not should for be children. watching this movie. <laughs> it teaches them a little bit about safe sex. 
A little bit. It's true. A very little bit. Yeah. It doesn't teach you the way to accomplish it. Just that there is a way. <laughs> yeah, there, the concept is out there. This is a longer review, but I will just read the last line. The villain is on the loose in New York City, where the hero has to fight him ninja style in a, <laughs> <laughs> in a cosmic duel for time and space itself. What? <laughs> yeah, ninja fight style. Ninja style. <laughs> fruit ninja. He does love no, the fruit, fruit ninja, ninja technique when he's cutting the fruit. Pretty decent se- sequel. This one fits in the Highlander genre. <laughs> This fits in the Highlander genre? No shit. <laughs> what is the Highlander genre? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is Highlander 2 in it because it's a Highlander movie? I guess. Does that fit this in the is, This is genre? a crazy one. So this one, it sound, sounds like this reviewer is referring to another re- bad reviewer's re- like review of this movie. So they're Ooh. like schooling them, right? And that person's name, I guess, is Rochelle, <laughs> who gave this movie a bad review. This is Fuck a you, Rochelle. Yeah. This is again a great movie in the great Highlander tradition. It's got an excellent storyline. If only Rochelle had read it. What? It's a movie. I think Rochelle has forgotten that this Highlander movies it says that that this Highlander movies are like algebra. It's cumulative. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read and stay up on what's going on. Yeah, that's what you want to do when you see a movie. <laughs> I found it to be informative and useful. Informative? What about this movie's fucking informative? (laughs) It brings the series to you. You get a feeling for a wanting to see all the Highlander movies all over again. You get a feeling for the wanting. (laughs) Deborah Unger's acting was serious, discerning, and caring in this thrilling episode of Highlander. Her acting method was profound in her approach (laughs) to her character, showing great intelligence, fortitude, perseverance as the beautiful woman she is portraying. From her eyes, I can tell that a lot of that is really herself. (laughs) Five stars. You're real fucking creepy. Who is that maniac? Uh, That's R. Gamazon. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your Gamazon off my movie. We're all going to get murdered by (laughs) R. Gamazon. This is a, I won't read all of this one, another five-star review, slamming people that have bashed this movie. (laughs) Lessons. And to the reviewers who put this movie down, (laughs) perhaps you should stick to reviewing movies like South Park. South Park's a great movie. (laughs) That's a good movie. Uh, wow, are we these people? I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad we've never. <laughs> Maybe you should any. stick to reviewing Chinatown and Godfather Part Two, <laughs> Citizen Kane. This is a good one. The overall acting was good by all, especially Lambert. The script failed to provide a connection to the original script, which I thought was a bit lame. It could have been so easy to provide a reasonable plot for another final confrontation, but the idiots that wrote this script... (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) ...must have had their head in their rear end. After you get beyond that shortcoming, the movie's actually pretty good. (laughs) Christopher Lambert, as expected, made the picture. He's one of the best sword fighters in the film industry. He's good with a blade. I'll add this one to my collection. For me, it's a keeper. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, these fucking idiots. (laughs) These guys had their heads in their asses. Five stars. Good God. These are really good ones. While this movie doesn't follow a storyline at all, (laughs) it's still entertaining and fun to watch. However, I wouldn't recommend this movie for all you nitpicks. Pictures. This is us who can't set aside all logic for cheap entertainment. That's for sure. This is cheap entertainment. Not that nitpicking is bad, but you must do it in order to enjoy this movie. I would recommend this movie to all you sword fanatics out there just because the great scenes of swordplay. Oh. Five stars. Wow. 
Is that us? Yes. <laughs> the joy. <laughs> Did he write that review for us? <laughs> We've heard what Amazon thinks and what other critical reviewers think. What do we think? It's a letdown more than anything. It's not, like, awful. It's a movie. I watched it twice, and I wasn't like, ugh. No, I don't think it's, like, a trudge to sit through. When I watched Highlander... It moves. It moves along. When I watched Highlander 2 twice, the second time, I was definitely like, we gotta gotta pick this up. (laughs) We gotta get this thing going. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And this, it was kind of a breeze to watch it two times. It's just like a shrug. There's some good parts, but... Here's, Here's a question. How can they not make a good Highlander movie? The series is great, I think. Especially once it fi- found its footing. Like, they really figured out what the deal is. And, like, crank out great story after story. I mean, we just got done reviewing The Callous Cycle. That's a movie. You could turn that story into something cinematic, right? Yeah, Easily. totally. Like, that's a great villain. Great motivations. All that sort of stuff. It's interesting. It's different. I just don't understand. Like, is it because of all the crazy cooks in the kitchen? I feel like Highlander is one good movie and... One good TV show, and that's it. It's not three good movies. The story was over in the first movie. They're sh- continuing to shoehorn just extends to, like, every piece of it. But how are they able... They get away with it in the in the show, though. They're able to be, like... Because when the show starts, it's like, is it really over? Guess not. Like, we buy into that and are like, all right, I guess well, this makes sense. Is Why the... can't we accept that in the third movie? Because the show never posits that it's over. The show is like, we're in the game now. Right. But, frankly, that's the least present problem with this movie. Yeah, the, the, the biggest there problem so is not... problems with this movie that have nothing to do with that, which I agree is an issue. Right. And would be a sticking point for me in a better movie. We literally talked about that problem twice. We talked about it at the beginning when Kane gets buried. Like, oh, I guess this is what happens. And we talk about it at the end. It's like, did Connor win the prize again? Question mark. Or for the first time? Those were right. almost the only two times that issue came up. Yeah. Well, but but we then filled, stuff. then we filled five episodes with the other problems of this movie. So right. yeah, I yeah I don't know if it is the just the the movie's over. I can I can forgive that because I get it. It's like well we can't make more unless we you know give this pass to this story point There's that just the game's over. Mechanically off. They're flawed in the way any movie could be flawed. It's like oh this is a miss in Highlander land. It's a miss in filmmaking. Like it's a right. misunderstanding of what made the first movie compelling coupled with just not great filmmaking to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to do too much or do too little. I don't know. Connor was trying to do too much. Mm. Doing everything. Doing trying to put all. all kinds of nipples in his mouth. I don't know. It's a it's a shrug. How did this movie do? So guys, yeah, let's talk about how this mor- movie Morvy movie performed. So the cost of this movie to make was $34 million. It's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars. Highlander 2 cost around $30 million. Mm. This cost more. This cost more, surprisingly. Like, failure after failure. Let's throw more money at it. Maybe that'll fix it. And I believe Highlander 1 was made for something like, what, $13 million? Do you guys want to know what the top grossing movies were that year? And then you can guess how much money this movie made. Sure. Sure. All right. So the number one movie of 1995 was... Actually, can anybody guess what that might be first? What it could be? Uh, Name any of the top five. You have points. Goldeneye. That's number six. Good guess. Oh, wow. Kyle, you got one for the top five? The Mask? Ooh, no. So the number one movie was Toy Story. Whoa. Oh, that was 95? I thought that was 97. 95. Number two, Batman Forever. What? Number three, Apollo 13. Four Pocahontas. Number five, this will be surprising. Ace Ventura when nature calls. Whoa. Right? 
then GoldenEye, then we get into Jumanji, Casper, Seven, Die Hard, Crimson Tide, Waterworld, Dangerous Minds, Mr. Holland's Opus. Also, looking through the movies from 1995, 95 was a good movie year. Like, this list is full of lots of good stuff. So, how much money... I'll tell you. So, Toy Story made one hundred and ninety-one million dollars, seven hundred ninety-six thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna guess this movie made twenty-eight million dollars. Twenty-eight million dollars. Amen. This is not Price or Right. I'm gonna say twenty million. Amen. You win. This movie made twelve million dollars. Holy moly! Taking a dump. <laughs> this movie got fucked. <laughs> yeah. So. Badly. Do you think Highland yeah. or do you think Mortal Kombat made more money or less money? I think more. it made more money. How much money do you think Mortal Kombat made? I think Mortal Kombat made forty-eight million dollars. Eamon. I'll say fifty. Eamon wins seventy million dollars. It's wow. in almost breaks the top twenty. Number twenty-two, Mortal Kombat. Damn, that came out in nineteen ninety-five as 1995. well. Nineteen ninety-five. Wow. Braveheart, by the way, is eighteen. Mortal Kombat is twenty-two. How about that? Braveheart only made $18 million? No, it was number 18 on the list. Braveheart, oh. Braveheart made $75 million. Mortal Kombat made 70. Got That's it. crazy. That's Was that Best Picture? Braveheart? I believe so. Might have been. Definitely Best Director. <laughs> and also, it's a very good movie. That made 75. That's $5 Scottish, million dollars more than Mortal Kombat. Scottish-themed. That is Scottish-themed, yeah. right? <laughs> Who do you think will win in a fight between Highlander and Braveheart? Well, only one of them is Between Highlander and Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you think would win in a fight? Die Hard or Under Siege? Yeah. Like, who That's wins a in a question. fight? <laughs> Goldeneye or Mission Impossible? <laughs> I think Braveheart could kick Connor's ass. Connor has an unfair advantage with the immortality. What do you but listeners Bra- think? Braveheart has the advantage of being a warrior. Because <laughs> Connor doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Connor's like Mythos. No. It's like, Con- whatever. Connor is a great... Great warrior, warrior for good or whatever <laughs> against the, evil. A great warrior in the fight against evil. Oh, can we talk a little bit about the flashback in this movie? Like, what is that? Like, what's the plot of that? Boring. <laughs> like, it's, the entire Sarah plot. I don't know. It's just like, oh, like I died. I died, and she married someone else. So sad. Like, yep. we never even see them fall in love. So I don't care that he loses her. Really. Also, go back sooner if it was a big deal. I don't know. Maybe he's on the lamb, or he had to finish with the French Revolution. Yeah, he goes back to the French Revolution, <laughs> gets executed two more times. <laughs> Luckily, by firing squad those times. Yo, if I was an immortal and they had Yo. the guillotine, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not in for this. Going to a Sorry. different country. Yeah. I'll fight in some German revolution. Yeah. See ya. Peace. Well, if you have thoughts on our Highlander review, mail us at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Theories you have. Did you agree with what we said? Do you disagree with what we said? Let I us know. I predict we would get some hate on this one. We might. I bet there's some people that really like this movie. Well, if any of them are the people that wrote those Amazon reviews, uh, yeah. Well, Kyle, like you, I went into this... Very optimistically. I remember this movie in my head more fondly than when we took it apart. It's like, oh, like, what's going on here? It's not bad. It's just like, it's just not good. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just not good. I think my problem is I can't love this movie because I don't have a glove. So oh, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just can't love that's it. No love, problem. no glove. Yeah. Or no glove, no glove. No glove, no glove. <laughs> no glove, no glove. <laughs> it's bad that that might be the line I will remember the longest from this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Does anything have anything else to say? I'm just going to shut it down. Nope. I've, I've said all I can say. All right. We've said our piece, I think, on Highlander 3. If we've you... said several people's <laughs> yeah. piece. We've recorded yeah. this for like 12 hours. This is one of the longest sessions we've ever had. 
Yep. Oh, but we should say, we should tease. Guys, this isn't the end of the Highlander coverage. We have a very Ooh, special interview a coming. Special interview. And That's should right. we even say who it is nope. at this point? Or just leave it as a fucking We're mystery? Leave it as a surprise. All right, well, we interviewed someone who was in Highlander 3. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about, How about that? it? How about that? They can't assess it because they don't know who it is. <laughs> exactly. But we do get awesome behind-the-scenes stuff. We get is cut. It- is cut it? script stories, all sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. It's cool. It and was a fun interview. Too. Yeah. Try and guess who it is. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many people in this movie. Is it Stoche? <laughs> yeah. Is it Looney Napoleon? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we got Looney Napoleon. We got him, guys. <laughs> Famed Highlander star Looney <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. I can't stress enough that we've been recording for 12 hours. My whole body hurts. <laughs> we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This was Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. Bye. Bye.